It is Thursday, April the 16th, 2020. You are listening to another episode of Class with Dr. Fryer here on Anchor. Well, today I was able to share a virtual workshop for small group leaders at our church who are going to be using the video conferencing platform Zoom to connect to their Sunday school classes and their Bible studies and other kinds of small groups. And we recorded that session. It is available on YouTube. I will include a link to that version if you would like to take a look at that. And also the slides that we used in that session are available. I I really need to make <laughs> like, well, you can go to my website, wiki.com westfriar.com. So that's wiki.westfriar.com. If you'd like to have like a comprehensive list of of presentations, uh, I am definitely finding myself doing more, you know, webinars and virtual trainings and things like that. And so this podcast channel continues to have a collection of those. So from Sunday school classes that I teach for our curiosity and questions, Jesus and science class to, um, you know, other kinds of workshops and things like that, that I'm teaching for school. Um, Also just things I'm doing for fun in the evening, all that's getting shared here. So thank you for checking this out. Let me know if this is helpful to you. If you have any questions for me, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I am W Fryer, W-F-R-Y-E-R, or you can always go to my website, westfryer.com and click the contact link there. So without further ado, here is our webinar, which ran just over an hour in length. And this was a session that was introducing again folks to Zoom, uh, many of whom who had not used Zoom before. And this was their first opportunity to you know, get exposed to the platform. And I had homework for everybody. Uh, that homework included visiting a link that I'll also um, provide here in the uh, description of this session, which is all the tutorials that Zoom provides, which are very helpful. And then they've also got a really nice best practices um page that's got links in and videos to check out as well. Um, the last thing I just put in tonight um, involves breakout rooms, and that is a, a cool feature. I talked in this webinar about <clears throat> having an additional separate session. That's kind of that being an advanced thing, um, but you can check that out. So without further ado, here is our recorded conference, Zoom 101 for small group leaders from Thursday, April the 16th, 2020, held online here in or from here in Oklahoma City. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Today is Thursday, April the 16th, 2020, and this is Wes Fryer with some of our wonderful First Presbyterian Church of Edmond family, and we are gathered to do a little orientation to Zoom because this is a very flexible and also generous video conferencing platform that we're using for our Friday morning men's group, and a lot of people are using because it allows for up to 40 minute free meetings without somebody, you know, paying for an account. And we uh, want to talk about security and the ways in which we can ensure that we're not Zoom bombed. If you've read any articles about that, um, my sister in the Kansas City area, actually in Liberty, <clears throat> had a situation where their their youth group, I think, posted their Zoom meeting invitation publicly, either on Facebook or somewhere else. And then you know, they had some people join that were very disruptive and we're not supposed to be there. And we don't want anything like that to be happening. We want this to be a very positive experience for everyone. So um, one of the things which I just 
sort of demonstrated by by not doing it the right way is in when you are starting a zoom meeting and you are the host of that meeting you want to be starting the meeting from your zoom software on your computer preferably um, as we'll talk about you can join from a phone you can join from a tablet laptop desktop you know basically whatever device you have but when you are the host or hostess of the meeting you probably want to be on a computer because that's going to give you the most you know choices in what to do and one of the things i wanted to do today of course was record our session and share the screen so um, a lot of you may have just clicked the link in the calendar or in the email that you had, which is absolutely fine, but you need to have at least one person who's an organizer join it from their Zoom account, and then they have the power to designate other people to present, um, to be organizers, and, and to do whatever they want to. So I'm going to now click a little button, which you can't see on your screen, but I, but I have because I'm an organizer, and it is the share screen button. And so I'm going to choose, I've got a pop-up of well, all these different windows and things and I'm just gonna say I want to share my desktop and so uh, what that is hopefully going to let you see is um, my screen that I have set up here and give me a thumbs up if you're able to see this uh, slide that says zoom 101 yay I see, I see thumbs and so that is another thing that's nice about zoom when you start to get more than say six maybe even eight people you probably want to be muting people's microphones and as we'll talk about it's a good best practice to let everybody know that as they join if they just mute their microphone um, you can just have one person who's having a microphone problem. Sometimes that's because they're not wearing uh, a headset or they're having feedback going through their system or whatever. But anyway, that can be very disruptive. And so it's, it's very helpful to be able to click on that, that mute all button. So um, I want to check in with this question. And I want to say, first off, video conferencing is all about interaction. So just as we are today, I am sharing some information with you, delivering some information, uh, which, is, which is great. But I think that if we're having a video conference with folks and, and people don't get to participate, that's a fail. I really think we need everyone to have a chance to at least check in, you know, say something because otherwise you, you'll leave the conference like saying, why did I come? You know, I could have just watched this video. And so the model that I'm going to use here, we've been doing at school and we're using with Friday morning men's group is where I'm going to go and then I'm going to tag someone else. And then that person can tag the next person and we're just going to kind of go through. So we have 12 of them right now you should have a bar on your screen somewhere that says participants and it has a little 12 by it. And so when I click on that as an organizer, I not only can see all your names, I also have this lovely button at the bottom that says mute all. Um, I could unmute everybody at the same time, but usually you won't do that. Usually you'll be letting people choose to, you know, unmute themselves when they're ready to talk. And so this is the check-in question. And a lot of times, I mean, in this case, we're doing training and this is gonna help me cater our training or customize hopefully our training here a little bit more to what your experience is. I'm expecting we have a big range from no experience to, you know, quite a, to, to some or, or quite a bit. Um, but it's nice, I think, to have a check-in question, recognize that this is gonna take a while, but especially with the goals that we're probably gonna talk about with church, we want to connect with people. We want people to have opportunities to be heard and to interact. All of us are going to become, I, I would predict, more familiar 
with different kinds of video conferencing tools and platforms. And so it'll take a little time as people get used to unmuting their mic and kind of how that works. But I think interaction is really key. So the check-in question is, what prior experiences have you had using what I'll call desktop video conferencing, but we can just say video conferencing software because maybe you've joined mainly from an iPad or a phone. So from what, uh, 2001 to 2006, I guess, I was the director of distance learning at Texas Tech University in the College of Education. And I got to work with a lot of faculty who were teaching at a distance for the first time. And that was really in the early days where we had these expensive room systems. Some of them cost like $90,000. And we would have faculty that had to come into that room and that's where they would teach and then uh, teachers and, and others who are learning, were studying to become teachers all over West Texas in, in the panhandle <clears throat> would go to their, uh, either their school or um, in some cases they would go to a regional service center, which was like, um, uh, we've got Francis Tuttle and those kind of, of places around Oklahoma. And anyway, that's where they had to connect. People couldn't connect from their houses because we didn't have high speed internet. And so I think my uh, experiences really, you know, started there. And then since then, I've, um, you know, been a part of hundreds of conferences and, and, and taught webinars and, and done a whole lot. So I'm at the one, I'm at the very experienced, you know, side of this. And I want to let everybody know we are not exper expecting anyone to have any experiences with this. Um, my expectation is probably a lot of us have, have not had uh, very much, but if you'll just go ahead and share a little bit of your experience, and then you'll tag the next person, and I tag Laura to go next. So Laura's going to unmute her mic, answer the question, and she'll tag somebody else, and we'll just kind of go through our list. I'll keep track of who has gone and who hasn't. To, and this is a little bit like Red Rover, so don't feel bad if you're the last one picked, because somebody's going to always be the last to be picked. All right, Laura, go ahead. Perfect. So I have not as much experience as Wes, but I have significant experience video conferencing just because I've been working um, for crew and family life for years um, as what they consider <clears throat> a remote employee. And so all of our um, meetings are online and most of them are with video. And the ones that are with video are a hundred times better. And also um, I've used it tremendously in seminary. I'm about to graduate after five years. I'm so excited. I'm just weeks away. Um, and we use video conferencing extensively through that too. So I would say I'm at the upper end um, of know-how <laughs> on that, but um, the interaction is just super. And you, you know, it, I mean, it's not the same as being live in a room or around a circle, um, but in this situation with COVID, um, I think it's, it's an excellent um, alternative. So right. I'm going to tag Judy. Okay. Um, I have had zero um, experience with video conferencing. Um, we did do BSF um, via Zoom since all this has happened. And um, that was very, very good. And uh, it was good to see, like Laura said, the faces of everyone and their interactions. Um, and um, believe it or not, we didn't play Bunko here in the neighborhood, but we, us ladies got together and had a conversation, a glass of wine the other night. So that was fun. So that's, that's, those are my two experiences just this week and last week. Awesome. Who do you tag, Judy? Um, I will tag um, Vita. 
Okay. Can you hear me? We can yes. hear you. Yeah. Okay. This is my very first time. I've never done it. So I'm excited. But before we do this, Wes, congratulations on Alex's new position. That is awesome. Isn't that great? Yes. Our son yes. has Good a news. job. So. So, <laughs> so I will learn from you today. Absolutely. Who would you like to tag? Uh, Henry is next. Good morning. Can you see me? We can see you and hear you. Okay. Uh, yes, this is my first uh, experience with Zoom. Other than my wife does Zoom in the mornings uh, for staff meeting. Uh, but I'm, I'm learning on the fly here and enjoying it. Awesome. All right. Who would you like to tag? Um, I'm looking for participants. That would be... Ken Rees, Crystal McGee. I tagged Ken. Ken, all right. Well, I've had a chance to participate in a number of uh, Zoom meetings, including one my daughter set up Easter afternoon that involved uh, our family scattered across the country. So it was a great family reunion experience. However, I have never uh, originated a Zoom uh, conference, and so uh, I need a little help on that. Also, I question if we're going to be using this, for example, for a Bible study or Sunday school, 40 minutes might be limited. So is there a way that we can latch on to the church's um, uh, paid subscription to uh, host meetings? Yes. So that's, that's a great question. Yeah. And so the, the church currently, I think, is, has, a, has a couple. And so that is something that, you know, could be, could be shared in a, in a format worked out where, where people have shared access to that account. The thing is, that once you, when you're in that account, you can't have simultaneous connections. So that might be where the church, you know, has more than one or we work, we work that out. Wes, I'd like to say just a couple things about that at the end for scheduling. Sure. Sounds great. Yeah. So I'm going to tag Lee. Oh, wait, Ken, you have to tell about Treasure Island, though, before you go. Oh, yes. I'm part of uh, my daughter's family's uh, uh, daily education experience. Uh, every morning at nine, she set up a Zoom meeting where I am reading two chapters a day of Treasure Island, complete with an eye patch and uh, uh -huh. head on my head. Nice. And, uh, so we're more than halfway through Treasure Island, and uh, they seem to be paying attention pretty well. That's awesome. That's All right. Lee, you've been tagged by Terry. Okay. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I have had just recently some Zoom experiences. We've had a couple or three session meetings with Zoom. Uh, I was not familiar with it at all, and they seem to work out pretty well. We had a kind of a practice Friday morning men's group meeting, uh, and that seemed to work out better than I thought because there were some 20, at one point, I think there were 27 people on it. Uh, my prior experience, and I have a, uh, it's, it's somewhat dated because I've been retired for a long time now. When they first started trying to get us to do this with the Justice Department, uh, the format that we had at the time was extremely unsatisfactory. They wanted us, you know, sometimes cases are in different parts of the country. So I have a witness in Florida and they want to save money uh, flying me down there to depose somebody. But d deposing people over video conferencing is very difficult. You can't follow up. There's time delays or distractions. Somebody bumps something and you go offline. Uh, so I, it seems to me like terrific uh, 
progress has been made. And I'm, I initially uh, approached it skeptically, partly because my Sunday school class, as Ken's may be as well, uh, I, skeptically for my Sunday school class at least, because we are such a participatory group and it's difficult to get people to remember to mute. It's difficult to get somebody's attention when you want to ask a question or when you want to call on somebody. It, I'm sorry, it's, uh, but I, I want to try it. I think we'll, uh, in fact, while we were talking, I have called and reserved Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. <laughs> so we're going to, I said, you want it from now on? I said, I want it. I will quit if it doesn't work, but uh, we're going to try to do it and, and to see what happens, see how many can participate. I'm hesitant or I'm not, I'm not hesitant. I'm uncertain as to how many people in a, in a class that's average age is in what I'm calling the protected class from COVID, um, their ability to, to, or interest in doing it, uh, facing the computer every Sunday morning, uh, and so in that sense, I don't want to leave people behind. But anyway, I, I think it's worth a try. And I'm, uh, I'm optimistic. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see what happens. Lee, before you tag somebody, I'll just say our Sunday school class uh, has been meeting the last month. Uh, we, we did skip a week when I <clears throat> visited the ER with a kidney stone. So, but other than that, <laughs> we've uh, been able to meet. Um, we're using GoToMeeting, which is something that through my work, um, I have a, we have a license for. As a teacher now, Zoom is giving every teacher in the world unlimited access to, to, to meetings. And so that is something which we, we can actually pursue. Um, I wanna, we wanna pursue that with the preschool at the church and find out because that could be that everybody at the church might qualify for that same you know, kind of deal. But anyway, yeah, Sunday school is different. It is not the same, but I, I can definitely say that it's been a huge positive to be able to see people's faces, to be able to hear from people, to be able to pray together. You know, we've, we've had a shortened lesson because we've been, you know, respectful of everyone's time. We're, we're fitting it in in between the services, just like our regular uh, schedule. But I right. think it's definitely worth trying. And I think we want to continue to invite people and then find ways to support people because everyone is in a different place. But you're absolutely right, Lee, that this has come leaps and bounds from where it was even a few years ago. And in terms of the, the, the internet speeds that, uh, that people have, you know, there's a lot of things that are, that are good. Oh, yeah. Who would well, you like? I, I always had an IT guy there too. Yes. And so, <laughs> so now I'm on my own. Uh, we'll, okay. We'll talk, we'll talk about, we'll talk about that. Cause there are, yeah. we can be. All right. Uh, Crystal, you ready? Okay, got it unmuted. Okay. Um, my experience is kind of like Lee's. I had, well, no, less than Lee's, more like Ken's. I had none uh, before COVID started, but my son down in Texas immediately got me on Zoom to visit with his family and, um, and train me before the first session meeting. So I've done weekly session meetings, weekly moments and prayer meetings. And then like Ken, I had the Easter family from all over the United States meeting, which was awesome. So that's my experience. That's good. I think Debbie, Jan, and Rick still need to go. Okay. And Sarah. Oh, and Sarah, thank okay. you. <laughs> okay, Debbie. I'm here. Can you see me? We can see you and we can okay. hear you. Okay. I'm homeschooling today. Um, so it's been fun, but I have used Zoom with the kids, with school a lot. And then in my previous job, we use Zoom uh, all the time, but 
I didn't set them up. So my big question was about the account, and I think Laura has answered it, and I have already written uh, Leslie a note asking her for the time our small group would like to meet. So I'll wait and hear back from her, but uh, it's easy and simple, and I think it's very effective. So I'm excited. Awesome, and would you like to tag Sarah, Jan, or Rick? Any of them, Sarah, go for it, darling. All righty. Well, I was on initially, and then my computer, it all of a sudden went blank, and you all froze, so I ran to my iPad. <laughs> so now I'm on the iPad. I don't know what happened with the computer, and that's my only problem has been with Zoom, because I didn't know about it until COVID started, but I have Zoomed with Sweet Adelines every week, and I've zoomed with my renewal my uh, pilgrimage renewal group and with my friday morning bible study and like uh crystal and ken we zoomed with both keith and mine's family on easter um we had uh, a granddaughter who stationed in germany with newborn twins and a grandson that is in vietnam right now and can't get out but he was traveling and he's at a resort, so it's, it's, he's having it pretty good, but it was so neat to Zoom with people around the world, but I have never initiated it. I've just gotten on and obviously I don't know everything because I don't know what in the world happened with my computer. So um, and that that's is where I am, just wanting to learn some more. Yeah, and that's a good I thing. I can't remember who's left, but. Uh, Jan, Jan or Rick? Jan, go ahead. Yeah, so like others, I had some early experience with video conferencing in a prior work job, um, but we had the dedicated lines and slower speeds and, and very expensive setups to do that. Um, have been using Zoom more recently just for uh, worship band meetings, helped Kurt set up an account so that he could do some things with some volunteer organizations he's in and uh, have also enjoyed it with, with family. So it's been a great tool. Awesome. And I think Kate also, so Rick or Kate? Go ahead, Kate. Okay. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of, my, my dog wanted to get my up. <laughs> I've had um, a lot of experience lately uh, with the virus going on. Um, so, but this screen that I'm looking at right now looks so much more professional and I can see everyone else's picture not everyone's, but it's all in a line on the right. And you can scroll through them. There's a button. I, I have. Yeah, I figured that out. But I, you know, I've seen other screens from other places that have everyone on the screen. And my, I have a really old Mac computer. And I never could get that done. It was always whoever was speaking, uh, I could see. And then they get so I never could get like the gallery view or something. So that's why I'm trying to figure out how to. Okay. That. Good. Well, at the top of your uh, window where you're seeing the names, you're, you're hopefully going to have a button that says gallery view. And, and there are those different views that you can choose because I'm sharing my screen and I'm sharing content. Right. That changes it up for everybody. Uh, okay. Pictures at the top of the screen and then the, the uh, slides below, is that what most people are mine, saying? Mine are all on the right, but this is totally different than what I usually see. 
Right. Yeah. So, so we it, never could get everybody's picture. And in, you may not, right. you may not want to share content. You may be fine, you know, just having, having everybody's picture up there. Um, but it's nice that it allows you to do both if you want to do both. And it does depend upon what people are, are looking at as far as if they're on a phone or an iPad or their, or their computer. So right. That's I, what's confusing. Every, every uh, device is different. Exactly. Like I've in and everything. That's confuses me. Right, right. Okay, Rick is there with Vita, and Vita has the unmute button, so he, she can unmute her husband. No, no, no. <laughs> We've been way too much togetherness. Um, I've got some experience using uh, Zoom with uh, Studio 56 on Wednesday nights, or Thursday nights recently, with our youth. So uh, I'm dangerous with it. That's it. Okay. Is there is everyone? I think so. Is there anybody else who we did not, uh, we did not get? I think we've got everybody. Now, I want to also mention to you that there is a chat window. So we've already had a couple people type. I just said hello. And depending again on the kind of screen that you're on, you will see that. And this is something which can certainly be distracting, but it can also be very helpful. And one of the tips, and I think I have this on a slide, when, when you are teaching or when you are presenting, it is literally impossible to be thinking about your ideas, saying your thoughts, and then, you know, track this conversation happening over here at the same time. So a technique that I use quite a bit and I recommend to our teachers is to, is to basically appoint a, a chat moderator or a chat monitor, and then that person can give voice to questions or comments that have come up in the chat. And that is also a way to Lee's point. Again, it's gonna depend. Some people are not gonna feel comfortable with this. And that's why the gallery view on a computer can be good. I mean, people can literally raise, raise their hands uh, and you can see them you know, do that. But if people are comfortable, the chat can be a good way for people to be able to check in with each other, to be able to, you know, make some, make some comments, um, be able to use that as what some people might call a back channel. So I know that took a little while for us to get through, but one of the things that I also think is important is having a chance to be in some video conferences where we're trying to model some best practices. And I think the most important best practice for a video conference is to make sure it's interactive. Um, one of the things that I'll also certainly offer myself up to help our uh, Sunday school teachers and our small group leaders with is, if any of you would be interested in recording some short videos, you know, a recorded video, um, there's several different ways to do that, of course, with a, with a phone, with a, with a computer, and that can be a really good way to, you know, share information. And, and so, you know, it's, it's going to be a mix. We have, we've been doing remote learning at school now for three weeks, and <clears throat> we've got everybody from our pre-K students all the way up through our 12th graders. Every one of our teachers is involved in doing this. And so we're doing a mix of, you know, some videos that are recorded and shared and then live. And, you know, for Sunday school, we're, we're mostly doing live uh, you know, class, but 
there are a lot of things that people can access and see, you know, after the conference or before the conference. And so that's just something else to mention to you that if that is of interest to you, um, there's a there's a whole learning strategy that people have called flip learning. And some schools have done that before we had COVID-19. And that's where a teacher would share a video before the class. And then when you come to class, it's just like doing a reading, except you ask the students to watch the video first, and then you come together and have a discussion about it. And so anyway, I'll be happy to, uh, to make myself available if some of you would be interested in addition to you know, getting going with Zoom and, and follow-ups on you know, what went well, were there some issues, you know, those kind of things. We can talk about other ways to, to share content. So um, we definitely have, as I expected, a wide variety of experiences with Zoom. And so what I'd like to do is share with you just a, a little overview and some tips. And then I'm gonna share with you, I'm gonna give you these slides. So I've created this as a Google slideshow. I'm going to send you, uh, in fact, Laura, if you wouldn't mind, if you could, I'll, uh, if you want to, I'll, I'll forward this to Laura. I'll, 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 I'll we'll share the responsibility that way. And Laura, if you want to uh, email that out to everybody, um, I will send this to you as a PowerPoint. And I'm also going to, you know, send this to you as um, a PDF. Uh, you'll be able to click the links because I've got some links in here. Feel free to use this and change this. I really do think that we're going to want to empower many more people to not only join Zoom conferences, but also to be able to host them. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll be exploring at, at the church, I'm sure, the opportunity to go longer than 40 minutes. So uh, there's a lot of different tools. I do want to emphasize security as, as really important. We got some questions in Friday morning men's group, you know, before our first Friday last week about why are we doing Zoom? I heard there's all these problems. There have been, <clears throat> but some of them, there's, a, there's different reasons for those. Some of them have been people have publicly shared the links to their conferences and then, you know, people have been able to just click on them and go. Zoom has also changed to where now they use a meeting password for every meeting and that prohibits people from just guessing the number. Uh, and you've, if you've heard about hacking, you've heard someone say this word or phrase dark web, you know, criminals now have a part of the internet where they can get all kinds of things, including software to go hijack people's Zoom conferences. And one of the things that Zoom has done in the last two weeks is they have made security changes to their platform. One of the things that you'll see, uh, do you go, uh, give me a thumbs up if you have a security have. This may just be something I have as an organizer. Yeah, Debbie's giving me a thumbs up. So that's new. And they are, um, they put in the ability to lock the meeting. So <clears throat> I set this meeting up where you could join before I came, uh, because I, I wanted that to happen. But if, if you would like, you can have what's called the waiting room enabled. So people are going to be there before you. And also like even right now, I could lock the meeting. And that means even if somebody gets the link to it. They can't, you know, join. I can also limit what people can do. Uh, right now, everyone is allowed to chat, to rename themselves. And then also it says, this is cool, annotate on shared content. I hadn't done that before. I'm going to go ahead and select the button that says, uh, allow everyone to share their screen. So that's going to give everybody that, that opportunity to basically be a presenter. But anyway, in terms of limits, right now, if you're on a free Zoom uh, account, there's a 40 minute limit. You can have up to 100 people 
There are, of course, paid accounts that can go beyond that. And like I said, if you are a teacher, and that might even be something, Debbie, as a homeschooler, you know, to go ahead and let Zoom know, and maybe they'll give you the full account because they're being very generous with education at this point during the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, you do want to send people the link early and let them download the software because Zoom requires you to install something on your Mac or your Windows to have full control. It, it is possible, I think, on a Chromebook to just join it, but you don't have the full control like you'll want to as an organizer, um, and you're going to want to send that early. Um, it integrates with the calendar. One of the things I'll demonstrate with you here in a minute is how you can install, if you're using a calendar program, and I, I use Google personally and also for work, there's a lovely button right there that says, make this a Zoom conference. And so I just click that and it creates you know, the, the Zoom conference. So you will create the actual Zoom meeting uh, either inside your calendar, which I think that's the best way to do it, or you can just go to your Zoom uh, program when you're logged in and you'll be able to initiate it there. And then lastly, you can record sessions who can't tune in live. And that's fantastic. So there's a folder on my computer where this is being recorded. Um, as I said at the beginning, you want to let people know it's going to be recorded. Give them the option to turn off their webcam if they don't you know, want to be part of the recording. Let them know how that's going to be shared. For school with our students, we're not publishing any of those publicly. Those are all privately shared and, and students have to lo be logged in to see them. Um, but you know, those those recordings could be shared on a cloud storage if you have OneDrive with Microsoft or Dropbox or Google Drive. Um, those are those are all ways that you could, you know, privately share those recordings. So a couple tips. Um, number one, it's really important to provide clear guidelines about how people will connect. So for Friday morning men's group, I made a PDF file and we emailed that to everybody and it has a link to how they can download Zoom and then here's the link for our, our Friday morning. I created that as a persistent every Friday meeting and that means the link doesn't change. And so when you create a Zoom meeting, that is a choice that you'll need to make. Is this going to be sort of a one-time or just meeting to, you know, tomorrow for this? Or do we meet every Friday morning at seven o'clock or, or whatever the, the meeting is? Um, I've already mentioned recording. That's, a le that's legally important that you let people know if you're going to record um, that, that they're granting permission by, by you know, having their webcam on that, that you're going to record. Um, and then also we mentioned this, ask them to mute their microphone when they're joining. I already said this too, designate somebody to monitor the chat and give voice to questions. Is there anybody, by the way, who would be willing to be my chat moderator right now and just, you know, kind of interrupt me if something comes up? Wes, I could do it. I've kind yeah, of been doing it. I was going to volunteer you if you, if you didn't say that. <laughs> So yes, that's great. So yeah, and if and feel free to interrupt me as we go along. The other thing which I didn't do today, uh, because I was in another call actually, um, but I do for Sunday school, is we let people know, hey, and for, for Friday morning men's group too, we're going to open up the room 15 minutes early. And that gives people a chance to connect, gives them a chance if they want to test their microphone, and then just sort of it's, it's like a lobby where you're going to be talking and have, have a chance to, to visit, greet people, but but that way people have a chance to get ready and then you can start on time and ideally 
you know, if, if, it, if it can happen, it's great to start on time and, and end on time. And that way everybody, you know, is you're respecting everybody's time and, and people get that to be just part of an expectation. Hey, I better be there at the top of the hour because that's, you know, that's when this is going to start. Um, if you are on a Mac running the latest update, which is called uh, um, Catalina, um, they've made it more secure, but it means that you have to click something. And so inside your settings, uh, there's, a, there's a, a whole panel called security and privacy, and you have to authorize that, that program. So Zoom, GoToMeeting, BlueJeans, there's these other, you know, programs and that, that you're using and you have to authorize that. So that is also something, and this is something I'm going to recommend. I'm going to give you two recommended homeworks for today. One of them is going to be to uh, review some of the videos that Zoom has about the different how-to steps. Um, and then the other one is going to be to practice with somebody. And so you can, you could practice with me, you could practice with Laura, uh, but you're going to want to create a Zoom conference and then you're going to want to, you know, practice just like you're going to do with your, your class. And so I would recommend strongly <laughs> that you practice everything that you want to do in class. For instance, if you want to share your screen, you need to practice that because depending upon your computer and how it's set up, you may have to click to, a, to authorize something. And in the case of, of Mac, once you do that with some programs, you have to quit and come back into it. So if you have a practice call, that's a that's just in general a great idea to, to have a practice. We did that for Friday morning men's group, by the way, last week. We said, hey guys, Thursday at four o'clock, if you want to come, here's a practice. We're just going to connect and give this a try, see if anybody has questions and, and give them a chance to practice. And then we met for real the next day. So Bless. yes, go ahead. I interrupt. Okay. One um, one question for you, and then a couple from the chat. Um, Leslie is going to be scheduling all of the meetings through the church accounts. So does that mean that Leslie would be the host and that she would grant permission to the people? Because if any of our leaders schedule with Leslie, she will send them the link. They will send it out to everyone else. Right. I think what she's going to want to do is designate that person's Zoom account, their Zoom email, as a co-organizer, and that will give them the ability to start the call and have screen sharing and mute control over everybody uh, and, and all of those things. That should avoid the need to share the, the username and password for that account, and basically then, you know, it, people can join with their own Zoom accounts, but they're it's like they're, uh, they're writing on the church's account. The church account is creating it, but they're a co-organizer of the meeting and they'll mm -hmm. be able to start it. And we can follow up with that to make sure, but that's, that's the way it works in GoToMeeting and I'm 95% sure that's the way that Zoom will work as well. But it'll be something Leslie would do at the time she creates the meeting, which she would have the Zoom email account of the leader or leaders. Another thing to think about as a best practice is having more than one person to be an organizer. So just like Sarah had an issue, whether and that could have been her computer, sometimes it's your internet connection, sometimes it's your neighborhood, you know, Cox Cable in our neighborhood last Thursday was like having trouble till three o'clock and we were all kind of dying because we got four of us, you know, here trying to teach and learn. So different things can happen. And so if you have, uh, kind of the luxury of more than one person who can be 
uh, a facilitator or a leader in your meeting, that's a backup in case somebody has a technical problem or, or they have to go to the bathroom or, you know, something comes up, but it's nice to, to have more than one person. What else? Okay. Um, Lee had asked if, if participants can exit the host screen. No. So uh, in order to exit the shared screen, um, I, I, have to, I have to do that. So I can go ahead and uh, pause the sharing. I can also stop sharing. So right now, boom, we've just gone back to, to seeing everybody. But when you are the organizer and the presenter, you're in charge. So you are basically deciding what is broadcast out to everybody and when that changes. Again, I would recommend that you do that from a computer screen rather than an iPad or a phone. Uh, certainly wonderful to join conferences, but my experience has been it's just easier and you, you see everything more clearly and you have all the choices when you're doing that from your computer screen. But if you're the presenter, you're the one who is deciding. People decide on their views. In fact, this would be a good time to do that. So if you haven't changed it, um, right now I'm on the gallery view. And so I have an option on my computer to click and go to the speaker view. And so now on my computer, I'm seeing Laura really big because she was the last other person to talk. And I'm seeing everybody else on the top of my screen all the way across. And so that's a toggle that you have in between. And it's also important to let people know they can scroll through more screens. So, you know, once you get, I don't know, more than we've got, we've got 13. So maybe once we get more than 14, you'll have an arrow in, even in the gallery view and you can scroll through to see. Whoever is actively talking will automatically appear on the first screen. So usually that's the, the screen that you want to leave it on. But you need to know that, especially if you're going to ask people to raise their hands, et cetera, um, because, you know, you, you may have more people than you can see all at once on the screen and you'll need to scroll through those. What else, Laura? Sarah asked if they need to download the Zoom app for every device that they have. I would say yes. If you think you might join a Zoom call on that device, go ahead and download it in advance and go ahead and log in with the account that you're going to use. And, and my beginning of this you know, training today was an example of why. Uh, initially, I just clicked the link, which got me into the call, but I was here as a participant. And so you're going to want to be logged into your Zoom account. And when you do and you click on meetings, there's a start button. And that's where you are actually starting it as the organizer who has, who has all the powers. Your meeting can still be fine without having an organizer if you set it up so that people can join before an organizer. But you're not going to have the ability to share screens and you can't mute people. And you really, you really want there to be, I think, at least one person with organizer rights and the best practice is to have more than one if you could. That's something else that we can consider. Um, I know with Sunday school, we're gonna be having people, you know, going on at the same time. But as we do this, just like we are at school, sometimes it's nice to have somebody else there as you're getting started. Uh, we just had all of our elementary teachers uh, do their morning meetings uh, this week on Tuesday on a new platform. And so we were jumping in and helping and, and going to different ones. So as you start with this, that could even be something that, you know, I have my wife or we have a, a substitute or somebody else, you know, kind of takes the beginning of class. And then we have a chance to provide technical help because yes, we're sheltering at home, but it doesn't mean you've got to try to figure out everything by yourself. And so that's why I think practicing would be, would be really critical. I would not recommend the first time you're doing it live 
to be for the real class. You want to practice at least a little bit with somebody else so that you can review where the buttons are. Here's how I, if you want to share your screen, here's how I do that. Here's how I start the recording. Here's how I stop it. All those things. Okay. Kay has asked if you sign in with SSO or Google or Facebook. So you can choose the way that you sign in. SSO stands for single sign-on. And so we do that a lot with school. We'll just say, click on my Google account. I don't have to remember another password for, <clears throat> for my, uh, my Zoom account. Um, I tend not just personally to log in a lot with Facebook just because I trust them a little less. Um, because when you are logging in, I mean, that you, you want to be careful when you do that and make sure this is a software program. This is a website that I trust because you're giving access to your account when you do that. A lot of times I will, I will create a separate email account, but in the case of Zoom, as a teacher, I, I asked them for the unlimited Zoom account because I'm a teacher. They gave that to me and that's with my Google account. So that's how I chose to log in. So it's up to you. If you wanna be most conservative with security, you'll use an email address and you'll make sure that it's a unique password that's not used anywhere else and it's a long password. And the only way you can do that and survive is I think to use a password manager. And that's another important thing to mention to people, but the one that we recommend our teachers use is called LastPass. I'll put a link to that in the chat. And uh, LastPass is free and it, it's, it's a place to keep all of your passwords. And so anyway, the, we all probably have this where, there's, there it is in the chat. We've all had this password that we've used forever and it's you know been you know the password we've used for 10 years. And chances are it's on the dark web and bad guys know about that password. And so if you heard about when Disney Plus came out, there were people saying, oh my gosh, my account got hacked. Well, no, they just used the same password they've always used that was compromised when Target got hacked and Equifax got hacked and all these other things. So the best practice is use a unique password and make sure it's long and complicated. Okay. Uh, an etiquette note came up just about, um, I mean, I think one thing is backgrounds that wasn't said, but also having lighting on your face so everyone can see you yes, properly. Absolutely. absolutely. So even here in our call, we've got a lot of variance in terms of lighting. And I think Ken has got some even better strong lighting there since the last time I saw him on Zoom. Uh, <laughs> I have a little... Um, fluorescent light, I guess, that, that we just bought at Lowe's that used to be underneath the desk. I've taken over Alexander's room here, so I've got Legos all around me <coughs> from when he was living with us. But I have moved that up and, and I actually have a dish towel over it so it's not too bright. But anyway, I've got that on. Uh, hey, Google, turn off the office light. This is what I look like without that light, okay? Hey, Google, turn on the office light. So, Lighting is important. Um, Henry's got some lighting behind him. So you really don't want to have really bright light behind you because your camera will expose for that. So if you've got a big window or sliding glass door or something like that, try to face that so that it's not behind your camera and then you're just going to have you know better lighting for people to be able to see you. Okay, are you going to talk about the breakout rooms? So what I think we might do for that is um, I will we'll talk about that as function. We're going to actually do that for the first for my first. I've participated in that before, but we're going to actually do that tomorrow uh, with Friday morning men's group. And so um, I will follow up with some information about that after we've done it live with, you know, 
30, 30 plus participants, uh, because I've been in meetings where we've done that successfully. Uh, what breakout rooms mean is, like Friday morning men's group, we're not gonna, last week we actually did have everybody check in and it took a little over an hour. We're not gonna do that every week. But what we do wanna give people a chance to do is to connect in small groups. And so you can have a Zoom meeting and you can enable this feature called breakout rooms and have people go to a designated number of rooms or you can, um, and they, that can be randomly assigned or you, this is what I'm working on right now because we've got our table groups and we're gonna try to put people in their same tables where they you know, usually sit on Friday morning you can do that virtually. So I'm going to say that that's an advanced topic and uh, I will record a video about that that I'll send out to you all. And then if we want to do some, some training and discussion about it, we can. But that is a good segue and I'm gonna click on share screen because I wanna show you on my slides uh, basically your homework here. And let's see if I can move this around here. Um, Wes, can I interrupt for just a second? You can. When you start clicking, it my screen goes back to it's a home screen. Uh-huh. Is there a setting I need to change so it doesn't always do that? So I have to look for you again. Are you able to see my screen that says video conferencing tips too now or not? Uh yes, I am now. Okay. I it took me a minute to click to the right place. And so that was just the computer, you know, getting, you know, me not, not clicking immediately over on my slideshow. So okay. well, there shouldn't be anything that you have to do. As a participant, you get to change your view. And when the presenter is sharing content in Zoom, though, I, I don't, I think it takes over for you and makes the decision. So it puts the content in a big window and it puts the people in a small window. Okay, thank you. All right. So uh, here is your first part of your homework. Uh, this is a link to the live uh, training that Zoom has on how to, to do these different things. And I'm gonna go ahead and click this link <clears throat> to exit my presentation and go to this webpage. And um, these are really well done, short videos, uh, not only as far as being a participant, but uh, scheduling, I'll, I'm gonna demonstrate this just really quickly, um, but this has a video if you use Google Calendar, if you use Outlook, um, and then here's the one on breakout rooms. I'm not gonna take the time right now to, to watch this one, but that's what Crystal was just talking about, was how to use uh, breakout rooms. And so my first homework for you is going to be, go ahead and take a look at these videos for the things that you would like to get a little bit more information about. Probably this one, scheduling a Zoom webinar, mm -hmm. is probably um, you know, one, of the, one of the important ones. In fact, you know what, let's do this. I'm going to, well, let me say this. If you wanna share a video over your video conference, that is an advanced thing. You, you have to have your computer set up so that it combines your microphone with your computer output to do that. Um, so actually, I don't think I'll do that because that's, I, I'm set up to do it, but that, that, that is, you probably want people or you're going to want people to watch videos on their own rather than trying to do that live during your, your conference. What I will do is I'm going to uh, go over to my calendar and I'm going to show you how to, um, how I schedule a, a Zoom event. And I'm going to come over here to Saturday 
and I'm going to tell it that I don't want to see the week's view because that'll be scary. We'll see all these different appointments that I have. Uh, let's just look at the day view. Okay, and so here's Saturday. Ah, look at my Saturday. It's so nice and open. <clears throat> so this is how I recommend, th this is one of two ways that you can set up a Zoom conference. Um, I will go to my calendar because I have installed the Zoom plugin. And let's say I wanted to do a 10 o'clock meeting on Saturday. So I'm gonna click right here uh, on that spot and I'll say, you know, uh, call Lee S and talk about his great Friday lesson, okay? And so I can click right here to say, make it a Zoom meeting, or I usually choose more options. And this is where I could um, put in Lee's, oops. I could put in Lee's email. If I've got him in here, I don't have him here. So let's put my wife. Um, I can put in the, the um, some, a description, but I have this button right here that says make it a Zoom meeting. And so I'm just going to click that button -ha, and look at what happened. An address went in right here on the location <clears throat> down here below. Uh, it now says Wesley Fryer is inviting you to a scheduled Zoom meeting. There is the link and it's got the meeting ID and the password right there. Another thing that I haven't mentioned, which is important, and I'll, I'll stop my share really quick, People can also join with a phone. So uh, Steve Shelton had asked about this and it, you know, anybody who wants to because either they're not connected internet wise or they just wanna use the phone, Zoom provides phone numbers that you can dial in. But people have to know the, the, uh, the code for your meeting and they need to know your password. But they can put that in just like a conference call or a bridge and they can join the meeting um, you know, as, a, as a phone in caller. So um, you've got your first homework assignment, which is to take a look at those videos. The second uh, homework assignment, actually there's, there's some additional um, videos for you. Um, these are the Zoom video tutorials. The second one, which we'll, we'll say is optional, <clears throat> Zoom has some really good articles about best practices and resources for how to present. And I mean, I've tried in, in, in the slides and the things that we've talked about to share with you what I think are the most important things. But, you know, they've got additional resources, additional guides and things like that as far as, you know, what, what the best practices are. But I think the, the main things that we've covered today in terms of, you know, try to make sure it's interactive, make it really clear how people are going to join. Um, have an opportunity for people to, um, you know, be able to, to not only interact if, if they're comfortable, you know, by talking, but if, if you want to let them use the chat and have somebody help you with that, um, those are, those kinds of suggestions I think are all, are all good and you don't have to go further with, with the technical um, than that. So what I can't show you right now because I'm inside a live Zoom meeting is how to schedule in Zoom because we're, we're in the Zoom call. So the link that I have given you, and again, I'm gonna send this to Laura right after we hang up, and then you, and I'll have those links separately so you can check those out, is um, how you're going to create your Zoom meeting um, and, and, and how you set that up. And basically you say, you know, schedule a meeting and you put in the day and the time. You then decide, is it repeating or is it going to be a one-time meeting? Wes, yes. 
I have a question. Um, if you just want to use the church uh, Zoom, do we just call Leslie and that will happen? Or Yeah, Laura, do you want to speak to that? You said you wanted to say some things about scheduling. Okay. It might be a good time to do that. Sure. Yes. Um, we So we have the two accounts right now. If we need to have more, we can add that. We can add more. But Leslie is managing all of the accounts. And that's because um, there's so many things going on. So when you reach out to her by email or phone and let her know what meeting time you would like, she'll let you know if it's open and help you get that scheduled. And then she'll send you a link, make you an organizer. Um, and then you can just forward that out to everyone else. Okay. Kind of almost like today I did, I went to that link and. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Except awesome. the difference, the difference will be right. as an organizer, you're going to want to be logged into your zoom and you'll see your meetings and you'll click start. Okay. Uh, that's, that's what I actually modeled what to remember to do because I click right. on my calendar and I just joined as a participant. You're going to want to join as an organizer. Again, if you don't do that, um, and this will be something for Leslie to decide. Uh, she, when she sets it up, she can choose to check this box that says let people join before. From a security standpoint, it's usually best to, to not check that and to have what's called a waiting room. And people are just in a waiting room saying, I'm waiting for our training call or for our Bible study or whatever. And then, you know, only when an organizer as click start, does it begin? But it can okay. it can be set up either way, and that that means that you don't have to set it up yourself. You're just going to be emailing Leslie; she's going to set it up for you. But if you've got if you're happy with a, a meeting that's 40 minutes or less, uh, or you you know want to pay for a, a an account yourself, which you don't have to at this point, or you have an educator extended account as I do, and and basically my understanding is anybody who's involved in education today can can ask for that. Then you can actually schedule your own. Um, but I'm glad the church is doing that. And that's going to be a great way for us to um, provide support and then also, you know, have coordination because that, that'll be another issue. Like, wait a minute, how do I get to this? What's going on? And that'll be something we'll, we'll talk with Leslie too, because we're going to have to protect those meeting invitations and not share those publicly, you know, on our, on our public website or Facebook or anything like that. We don't want to be Zoom bombed by any trolls or you know, anybody, any bad actors that are wanting to, you know, disrupt our meetings. So we're going to protect our Zoom invitation codes because that's like a key. That's like you've handed somebody a key to get in your house when you give somebody that, that invitation. And that's something good to remind people about too. Say, please remember, don't share this on Facebook. You need to make sure you just email and we share that privately. Yeah. So the other thing about scheduling I wanted to mention was, um, on Sunday mornings, there's three time slots available in the morning, and they're 8.30, 10, and 11.30. So if you have a class or group that wants to meet on Sunday morning, you'll have to pick one of those times. Right now, the 10 o'clock slots are already full. So if you'd like your class to meet Sunday morning at 8.30 or 11.30, those are open. Um, if you want to meet any other time of the week, you still have to email Leslie to make sure it's open because she's managing, like I was saying, a lot of different meetings. She'll make you the organizer and she will also send instructions um, and probably a link to the video that Wes was mentioning um, just that you can send out. So you're, we're not asking you to do a whole bunch of training either. Leslie has documents that she can send you that you can send out that explain it to your people. So that's not on your back either. Just to, if that helps you. All right, we are at the top of the hour. What other questions occur to any of you?
I will send this slide deck as a PowerPoint and a PDF. Uh, and I'll also have that separate link that you can click on to go to those training videos. Uh, send that to Leslie, or sorry, send that to Laura right after we hang up. Um, I will also be recording a video to talk a little bit about the Zoom rooms, or I guess they, that's not a Zoom room, I use the right term, breakout rooms. How do the breakout rooms work? And we're going to be learning together about that process. But I think that's also a reason why I recommended we use Zoom instead of other platforms, because that's a great feature. And as we are leading our small groups, we all know this from just face to face, when your group gets bigger, it, it sometimes is harder to have that interaction. And so having smaller breakout groups is really a, an important thing. And so I'm glad that the platform provides that. And part of the way we'll do that is just by, by having you know, meetings with smaller numbers of people. But if like our Friday morning men's group, you're gonna have more folks, there is that option to, to have breakout rooms. But I would consider that to be an advanced, an intermediate to advanced skill. So that may be something to, to work on a little bit later. And just initially, you know, you're going to have your, your group meeting and, and everybody will kind of be together and everyone will get comfortable unmuting their microphones and sharing. And we're going to continue to invite people and, you know, help, help them as they discover how to use these tools and, you know, how, how to uh, continue to interact and make these connections in this time. I do have, I do have a question. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Well, this is, this is not really an organized group, but like we're, we're part of one of those dinner groups within the church. Mm -hmm. So if I just wanted to, since we're not able to meet, if I just wanted to set up a group just at an off time, a time for us to get together and chat. Is that something that I would do through Leslie? That's not yeah. a regular Bible study group? Yes, you can do that. Absolutely. If it's available, we are encouraging you guys to meet. And so, um, you know, that works. That counts. That's acceptable. And yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention was we would love for you to let us know if your Sunday school class or if your small group or if another group like that, Sarah, is meeting and to send me an email um, and just let me know. It's not it's not really tracking attendance, but it's just kind of keeping track of everyone in yeah. this time so that we can do our part to shepherd, you know, everyone and know how to check in on people. And if everyone hasn't heard from someone or if someone comes to mind, I mean, that's probably the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Like initiating like hey let's reach out and so if your class or group is meeting and you have a you have a meeting through leslie we'll know that you're meeting but if you can let us know if you're meeting um not through any of our groups we we would love to know that just so we can help you know keep track of all of our people and let me know if you'd like to connect i i do have a busy schedule but i'm also able this is a crazy thing about what's happening i, I jump in and out of people's houses all day long because that's <laughs> what we're doing is we're helping teachers and we're helping our staff and so i'm excited to have an opportunity to help our church in this way so you your two homeworks are to take a look at some of those videos about how to how to facilitate this and then practice so invite somebody else who's here or another friend, invite me, invite Laura, and let's practice so that you can, you know, initiate the meeting as the organizer and see those tools and have, have a sense of, uh, most importantly, if somebody has a microphone problem, where's that mute all button? You know, how do I do that? And that's, that's under participants. You know, when you click participants, it's right there at the bottom, mute all. Uh, so you're gonna wanna make sure you can get to that. 
uh, and then also probably, you know, being able to read the participant list, see where the chat is, these different features that we've talked about. So you are enough. You have what it's going to take to make connections during this time. And I'm so thankful that you're here. And I want to continue with you to invite our, um, our members and our visitors and everyone who's in our church community uh, to be making connections and to be, be part of small groups. So I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording and